Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Nitu Rishi. She is the CEO and founder of The Success Door, a personal and professional coaching academy for youth and adults. She is also the director of the youth education for Dale uh, Carnegie Programs, an accomplished motivational speaker with impressive accolades. She's a model, a pageant coach with Miss Asia World, and a published author and a leadership executive coach. So many titles to her name. So need to welcome to the space. Hey, Hollis. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. Good to good to hear you, right? So positive. I just love your voice. Thank you. I so appreciate it. And I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I know you're about to say, so good to see you. <laughs> no, I'm not. Good to hear you. That's what I said. And you know, from uh, because as this was approaching from last one week, every day during my morning walk, I was hearing your episodes. And it feels great early morning, positive vibes, listening to people. So again, gratitude for you that you are doing such an amazing thing through this platform. Oh my gosh, you're so kind. Thank you so much. And this is actually perfect with, I mean, we should be grateful all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. But here in the States, Thanksgiving being mm -hmm. tomorrow, it's just, you know, mm -hmm. it's that holiday where it brings the extra highlight. But bringing gratitude <laughs> all of the time, I'm so grateful for you and you taking the time to be here to chat with me for this hour to expand on this topic and everybody can learn more about you. So mm -hmm. on that note, can you please give people a little bit more information about who you are before we dive in? Sure. Uh, first of all, hello, everyone. Hope you are in the holiday mood. My name as Hollis has given a great introduction, but let me uh, enhance it a little. My name is Neetu Rishi and uh, I call myself a passionpreneur because I converted my passion into profession. We all do so many things, but at the end of the day, we feel tired, exhausted, 
and the day I realized that why do I get tired and I came to a conclusion because I was not doing what I wanted to do. So in a nutshell, I converted my passion of working with kids and adults, especially uh, entrepreneurship skills, public speaking and helping them to become a published author. These are the three core areas and I opened up my own business by the name The Success Door. Uh, if I have to sum up in one line who I am, I am a strong believer of personal and personality development. So I work on mindset, goal setting, but at the same time, being a pageant coach, I work with them for modeling, enhancing their personality. And I can do that with whatever means. So that's why I became a motivational speaker. That's why I became an author. Everything is aligned to just one goal, being a better version of yourself. That's who I am. Mm. So, so important. And I love that you're working with, because this applies to everybody. And mm -hmm. it's, I think it's so important to reach people at where to meet people where they are and mm -hmm. starting with kids and getting them these, getting them, you know, for lack of a better word right now, programmed, but getting mm -hmm. these philosophies into them so they can actually grow up in this mindset. And then, you know, we get midlife and then older and we forget, right? We get caught mm -hmm. in life and we get stuck in the hamster wheel of responsibility mm -hmm. and um, don't give ourselves permission to actually pay attention to our passions. And um, exactly. So important. So I um, want to dive in and this is going to be a great conversation and to welcome who is here with us live. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Uh, feel free to type any questions or comments into the chat box below where we can see them. So we're going to start off with a would you rather, and then we will dive into the first question. So, okay. need to. Would you rather it rain marshmallows or chocolate bars? Chocolate bars. <laughs> <laughs> you said it kind of, you're like, chocolate bars. <laughs> you know, I, I'm... I'm addicted to chocolates, but at the same time, with growing age, uh, you know, earlier when you are in your 20s, 30s, it doesn't matter how much you eat. But then with age, you have to take care. So once when I went to doctor, you have a sweet tooth. I said, no, I don't eat anything sweet except chocolates. And the doctor says, how many chocolates? I said, maybe five or six in a day. And the doctor looked at my face and said, what? Are you kidding? <laughs> Please stop eating chocolates. So, uh, yeah, chocolates is my addiction. But there's so many health qualities to chocolate. <laughs> it is. That's what I say to myself when I eat chocolate. I don't want to feel guilty. <laughs> but there is actually a really big difference between like Hershey's and, mm -hmm. um, you know, these all these variations of chocolates that exist right now. Yes, because yes. And I have to say, my daughter, we call her Willy Wonka now because she's working um, mm -hmm. at a chocolate store for uh -huh. a seasonal job and they make everything from scratch. My mouth is uh -huh. like watering talking about it. Wow. Like, yes, definitely. Everything. Uh, from scratch. Uh, but I want to add one more thing when it comes to chocolate. I converted my addiction of chocolate to reward myself. So what I do is the day when I push my limits and I give myself a tough challenge to do something. Uh, accomplish something. So we all have that child in us, right? So I tell myself, if you finish this within this time, you get a chocolate. And that I, I don't know, but it inspires me. I finish the task, then I eat a chocolate. 
it makes it more fruitful for me. I accomplish my task. I eat a chocolate and it's no more an addiction kind of thing. It's like a reward. So that's how I converted my addiction into my inspiration. <laughs> Well, I love that actually. And it's real, it's real because mm -hmm. we are kids and mm -hmm. we deny ourselves that thinking. We're like, no, I'm a grown up. I pay a mortgage. Yes. I pay rent. It's like, uh -huh. well, yeah, you do this stuff, but we want to be kids. Like we want to play. <laughs> but I think it's very, because that word addiction has a heavy feeling uh -huh. to it. Um, uh -huh. It's like not looked at as a positive thing. Uh -huh. Whereas, yes, we reward ourselves. You do something that isn't fun. For mm -hmm. me, that's like often we call them giving opportunities. Um, uh -huh. It's, you know, paying bills, <laughs> switches to giving <laughs> opportunities. It's kind of like I am going to reward myself for a piece uh -huh. of chocolate after I do this because I will do anything to avoid that when I know uh -huh. it's not something that can be avoided. <laughs> so it's those little changes that I appreciate yes. what you said. So important. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Um, so diving into the first question, which is, how do you mm -hmm. define creativity? All right. I think that's a whole new world. Creativity is a big uh, thing. But if I have to define in one liner, I would say, uh, for me, creativity is exploring and experimenting new ways of the similar things that I do every day to maybe get different results or to see how if I do it differently, it can give me better results. So for me, that is creativity right now. But I think it changes definition. When when I was a child, I was very creative, I, I used to say, because I was good in art. Uh, I think when I was a child, 25, 30 years ago, the timeline, uh, I think creativity for everybody was if you're good in art, you are creative. If you're good in dance, you are creative. You're an artist, you're a creative person. Uh, but being um, an intellectual person in my class, my parents wanted me to be a doctor or an engineer. Uh, <laughs> I, I mm -hmm. could not become a doctor nor an engineer. And after that, I, I went into that, what I call as a society syndrome. That means whatever is booming, just follow that crowd. So it was around 1999 or 2000, the year when computers was at boom. So my family insisted, why don't you do masters in computer applications? All right, let's do something in information technology. Uh, but then I realized after that, maybe in 2005, I realized I'm not good to be a doctor. I'm not good to be an engineer. I'm not good to be in computers. What are my skills? Uh, and I think that is the point where I actually realized my creativity, which is more into talking to people, learning from them, exploring different ways of doing very simple things, right? If I'm cooking the same things every day, but I can try it with a different way. That's creativity. Now, when I work with kids, not every child is same. There are some children who will understand the way I teach, but there would be kids that okay that's creativity for me so that's creativity for me trying different things in different ways to get different results yeah i love that and i think especially i think it's a great reminder for us um because we need to switch things up because we know we get bored mm -hmm. when things just stay the same that's when we kind of get stuck in a rut uh, but especially acknowledging that mm -hmm. when you're working with kids and you're working with adults, you meet them where they are 
and you see what their interests yes. are, what their skill sets are, because in order, I, I believe that in order to, for somebody to grow and expand, you can't just mm -hmm. have them jump from doing, never doing something to doing something. There has to be a middle. <laughs> so you have to kind of like get people, you get have to get skin in the game and ownership as to why they'd want to do that and to help build up their confidence child, to get them to this yeah, place. Yeah, one of the parents asked me that, do you think my child will adapt to your teaching methodology? I said, no, I will adapt my teaching methodology as per your child's learning methodology. It's, it's opposite. So I have to be creative, right? Yeah, yeah. It's constantly problem solving and mm -hmm. listening, mm -hmm. um, really listening and observing and saying, okay, this is kind of where this person is and I will adapt to you. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the empowerment really comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you gave us a little bit of kind of where you came, all these societal, I love how you said this mm -hmm. society syndrome. I like how you, <laughs> I always say societal definition and I like how you said society syndrome. Uh -huh. um, really great reference. When did you, I don't know if you want to talk about age. Maybe you can give, I don't know if you're the kind that likes to share your age or if you want to I give like a general like decade. I love to. <laughs> like, <laughs> when did you make that observation that this master's in computer uh -huh. doctor engineer thing wasn't going to uh -huh, work? How uh -huh. old were you? Uh -huh. So uh, it was in 2005. That means almost 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm 45. Cut out. <laughs> so okay. uh, 30. Okay. Uh, did, did I cut out? So when I was 30 years you old, did. that was the time I realized that. Uh, can you hear me? It keeps, are you getting calls or, or, or messages? No, no, I'm not. Because it keeps going in and out. I, I'm hearing you intermittently. Uh -huh. um, but, but I did hear you say um, is when you were 30 years old. Yes. Can you hear me now? Is it clear? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When you're here, it's clear. Then all of a sudden it kind of has like a pause. Uh huh. So I'll let you know if that happens again. Um, sure. So, okay. So yeah. So continue with that thought. So at 30 years old, that's when the light bulb went on. Yes. And now I'm 45. So it was 15 years ago when I realized. Mm, you went out. It's that uh, I do have a lot, lot of hidden potential in Wait, hold myself. On. Uh, do I try Me removing too. the AirPods? You're, go you're going in and out. I'm hearing like one word at a time, maybe. Are you kind of walking around or are you in one spot? No. I'm sitting in my office. Can you hear me now, Claire? Yeah, now I can. Okay, so maybe I was uh, having my AirPods in the ears. I removed those. Okay. Uh, does this work better? Yeah, at this point it does, yeah. Okay, let's do it this way then. Yeah. So, uh, sorry about that. Sorry yeah, to okay. all the viewers. <laughs> it's okay. Let's, let's uh, start with the same conversation. So, it was when I was 30 years old and I am 45. So, 15 years ago, I realized that I have a lot of hidden potential 
and I need to embrace that and start loving myself. Now, the first challenge that I faced was that I, I was always, and I am, I love to be perfectionist, but at that time, I didn't know that perfection is an enemy to completion. So looking for perfection, I was never able to accomplish any task and I left in between. So first of all, I realized that I have to work on myself. I started working on myself by reading books, uh, reaching out to mentors, observing closely people, learning from them, adapting new things in my life, and most important, self-love. Because I always felt, hey, I don't have a great height. I don't look beautiful. I stopped telling this to myself instead of that, looking into the mirror every day and telling, you are beautiful. You can do that. I think that was something which really helped me and gave me a different track of life. Thank you for bringing that up because, um, yeah, for those listening, I don't know if you've actually taken the time to look in the mirror and actually connect eye to eye with yourself and Mm -hmm. say, I love you. Mm -hmm. And say it in a voice that, is meaningful. I love you and kind of play with your voice that way. And Mm -hmm. it can be, I'm curious to hear what it felt like for you in the beginning when I've done this, Mm -hmm. you know, you you might look away, you might be like, this feels really weird. Like, why am I doing this? But there is this whole connection to self, however you want to look at it for me, like higher self, um, Mm -hmm. you're actually connecting and uh, going inside and saying, I love you. I accept you. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think the morning affirmations definitely work great because nowadays when we grow in life, there will be so many people who might criticize you, who might not support you. And you're looking for somebody to pat your back. Um, but I feel we ourselves have to embrace ourselves and tell ourselves. So I have an affirmation magnet with me, uh, which I created on my own, which has words like I am a go getter. I believe in my dreams. I am my own superhero. I am brave. I'm fearless. I'm enough, right? So uh, these simple liners have a great power to inspire ourselves and move the needle in our lives. Mm, yeah, move the needle. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like, I don't know, I wanted to ask you. So here you here I heard you say, that you weren't feeling so great about yourself and not feeling like you looked attractive and this kind of thing. And you've been a model. Yes. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about this. Talk to us a little bit about this. Okay. So uh, I call myself an accidental model. So what happened, it was uh, my modeling journey started 10 years ago. Um, I was walking in a mall just for shopping, wearing my cozy uh, comfort clothes. All right. And then girl walks in and says, hey, I want to do your photo shoot for my catalog. I said, I think you're mistaken. I'm not the right person. I'm not a model and I have nothing to do with modeling or photo shoot. She said, no, you have a great photogenic face. I again looked at her and she gave me her number that, please think about it. I came home, I spoke to my family and they said, why not? I said, are you crazy? Can you see? I My height is just 5'1". I don't have a zero size. Where do I fit in? And my husband says, go for it. Just give a try. It doesn't matter, right? They have approached you. 
And we did a photo shoot. That picture is still so close to my heart. And I always say that one picture made me fall in love with myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there I started the journey of modeling then, you know, after her catalog was released, I got three more projects working with designers. Then somebody asked me, why don't you participate in a pageant? I participated. I won some titles. Then I became a pageant coach. So, <laughs> so I don't know how sometimes what we plan, uh, that is a different thing, but sometimes unplanned routes also open up doors of opportunities for you. I think that happened. That's why I'm an accidental model. <laughs> I love that accidental model. <laughs> and yeah, I, I totally agree. Unplanned route, um, routes offer so much. It's like not knowing the how. Mm -hmm. and being open to things actually coming into your world. And, you know, I have to say, I, I would be like, if someone approached me, and actually someone did approach my daughter in a mall, and mm -hmm. I was like, this is such a scam. Like, mm -hmm. get out, get out of my face, get out of my, like, I don't know what you want kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the space that I was in at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I love that you had the support of especially your husband to be like, they approached you, like, go for it. And yes. you said that that picture, that one picture is where you fell in love with yourself. That's amazing. That is, I mean, I always say I felt in love with myself. And but then, you know, there were struggles in this journey as well, where I would like to mention this to our audience, uh, because when we start growing in any field, whatever field we want to grow, it might be it works well, but at some point of time, we might face challenges. And I faced two, which I still remember. So when I first time participated in a pageant, um, the organizer looks at me again and says, are you sure you want to participate? Because it looks like your height is just five. Um, you are not that slim and trim. And then... I guess you are 40 plus. Are you sure you want to participate? And you know, the, the bold answer that I gave, I said, so what? My height is 5'1". My attitude is 6'2". Yes. <laughs> so what? I don't have a, don't, I'm 40 plus. I still have a bucket list to accomplish. So what if my size is not zero? I still know how to walk and talk gracefully. And then he said, okay, here's the form. Please sign it. <laughs> That is the most brilliant answer. Were you saying that with nervousness or did that just no. come out like in confidence? I was so confident. And later on, I looked in the mirror and said, hey, I, I was asking myself, where did that courage come from? I don't know. But I just said it. But I was confident. Oh, my gosh. This just explains. I mean, there's so much to why I picked the title for this. They kind of come intuitively on what I title these podcasts. And just what you said passionpreneur and being an architect of your life like mm -hmm. damn you were just like I am building my life I am passionate about this I am structuring I'm building the foundation I am like creating it and yeah question me on it go ahead <laughs> so I think uh, first I planned so again talking to because the theme is creativity uh, one more thing comes to my mind earlier as I said in my childhood creativity for me was uh, I loved art uh, I loved interior decor but my family wanted me to be a doctor so that creativity was left somewhere but I 
I loved to decor my house. I loved to decor my closet. I styled up with my clothes. So I kept my creativity alive. And then when I fell in love with myself um, after being into modeling, I started to design my life, learning everything that could make me a better version. And now the third step, the creativity stage that I am in right now is designing, helping design others' life. That's why I say, be the architect of your own life, right? Yeah. Creativity yeah. is a part of my life. I eat, I breathe, I drink, I live with creativity every day. And this is the beautiful part of having these conversations is that understanding and really, mm -hmm. you know, nailing in the idea that, yes, we create our lives and everybody who is listening to this is a creator. You create, you create your space, you create who you surround yourself around. Even when we can't always control who's around us, we can choose who's close to us mm -hmm. and who we let into our worlds. And um, this whole designing our lives to make a better version of ourselves, which then feel empowered to then help others. It's that whole domino effect, mm -hmm. which is so beautiful. And if you could, I'd love this. You have seven students that did TED Talks. Yes, yes. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. That's incredible. And how old were they and all that kind of stuff? Okay, so my youngest one recently went for a TED Talk and uh, she is just 10 years old. Oh my God. <laughs> and then my eldest is 22 years old. So um, how it started was because I was always uh, passionate to help the kids in communication because whatever we do in our life, whether we are working for somebody, whether we are working for ourselves, whether it is dealing with a family, whether it's a personal, professional, social, any kind of life, communication is the key. And that has to be with confidence. It can solve many problems, right? Between um, partners, with your spouse, with your kids. Communication is the key. So when I was helping these kids with communication, I realized that there are few kids who have such a great way to talk, express their ideas. But then if I give them a project, okay, this is your project and start working on it. They did not take that seriously because maybe they were not challenged for it and they found it very monotonous. So again, creativity enters here. I wanted to make it creative by giving them a bigger goal, showing them a bigger goal that, okay, uh, this is a project. Let's start working. First, start with giving a speech for three minutes, then five minutes, then 10 minutes. But 10 minute or five minute speech becomes boring when it has a lot of memorized content. How about we add some stories? How about if we divide your speech into three parts, make it pointers, make it inspiring, share your own journey, share your ideas. And as soon as I remember one day in the class, I was saying, why don't you share your ideas? Um, and it came out of my mouth, ideas, which is worth sharing. And then a child asked me, Miss Neetu, uh, I have heard about TED Talks. Do you prepare for that? And I questioned myself, I don't know. Uh, I said, okay, let me get back to you on this. And I did it, all the research that how does it work, what all it needs. I said, okay, I have not uh, appeared in a TED Talk as of now. I'm preparing for it, but let's do it for you. And let's learn together. So I used to do research, prepare them, practice. 
um, there were many who tried to apply it because it's a nomination process. I nominated them. Few got selected. Few made it. Um, so seven made it. And there were almost, I guess, 13 or 14 whom I nominated out of which seven got selected. And finally, they have their own TED Talk. Wow. So that's a really good ratio. Um, but I, lo I love how you said what you created for them was this clear objective. It was this mm -hmm. tangible objective. You're mm -hmm. going to do a TED Talk. Yes. You then broke it down into these steps. You created the process mm -hmm. for the goal. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like it makes it clear. And then when you heard back from when you realized for them, if there was monotony in there and that it needed to be more personalized, mm -hmm. it's these things that we learn along the way because mm -hmm. everybody has stories and everybody has perspectives and your story is different than my story. There might be similarities. Mm -hmm. There might be some overlaps, but because we're individuals, we perceive things in different ways. Yes. So I just love that you're giving kids these this space and this opportunity to see that they could get up on a stage mm -hmm. and share their version of their story mm -hmm. to a wide audience. I mean, it's just beautiful. Right. And then uh, by this process of storytelling, it opens up many avenues. So um, these kids, then only it gave, again, creativity gave rise to a program called as Discover the Author in You, where I help kids and adults to become authors. Now, uh, when, when I teach them how to use stories in your conversations, how to build connections. And then one girl asked me, I have, I always liked stories, but I don't know what to do with them. They are just uh, kept somewhere. I said, why don't you uh, share it with me? Let's see. And I realized there was 42, 42 pages, I would say roughly. I said, why don't you publish a book? And then she looks at me, are you sure, Miss Neetu, book writing is difficult? I said, no, you already have stuff with you. Let's do it self-publishing. I mean, let's do it. And then she says, publishing, I don't know what's the process. I said, even I don't know, but let's research it together. And then we researched it. And by the time I was also working on my book and I found this self-publishing on Amazon, and then we did it together. So that was my first student and me publishing our book together on Amazon. And that became, again, a flagship program. So now I have 25 kids in a year uh, to become published, self-published authors. So tell me, how did it feel for you when you became self-published? Uh, uh, come again? What did you say? How did it feel for you when you became self-published? Oh, my God. The first time, see, uh, of course, it was, let's try this area. If I can be an author, maybe people will take me seriously. And my first book was, uh, to be very honest, an unedited version. I did not get it edited because I couldn't afford the editing and all that stuff because I was new in this country, right? I moved to United States in 2016 and my first book was launched in 2019. So at that time, when I reached out to somebody and she said, hey, I'll charge $500 for the editing. And my husband says, we can't afford that much for your experiment. I said, okay, let's, let's let it go the way it is. But then I think writing a book gave me more confidence um, and uh, it helped me to boost up my confidence that, yes, I can do it. Um, and I think everybody should write a book in this world. That's what I feel. Everybody. I love it. Yeah, everybody does have a book in them. Um, I think it comes out in different forms. It's, as you said, like, um, 
because I have a publishing house and in my last multi-author book, mm-hmm. having people in the space, the confidence, using that word confidence, so much confidence was, you could see people grow. I yes. could see people grow and it was just so amazing to watch. And then to get to number one bestseller, that's you know a whole other, whether that means something to people or it doesn't mean mm-hmm. something to people, it's... The, the confidence and the, the, the looks on their faces is just... Exactly. No, and, no. and actually, their voices, like how they interact with each other and how they show up, it's a game changer. It is. That's why I have already decided my third book is I'm going to reach out to you whenever I plan to write my third book. It is. It's, it's a game changer in all of this. And I just love that you're nurturing people along the way. And there was a quote that we had in our pre-chat, which I just wanted to say, this cracks me up. Everyone wants to change the world, but no one wants to just do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> when in my classes, I uh, give them a simple activity that this week, help your mom in dishes or your dad in some or the other way. And then I get a call from the parents. Um, my son was doing the dishes. <laughs> they never listened to me. How did they listen to you? I said, they always listen to a teacher. So let me know what all you want me to get it done from your kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But I mean, I think there's so much power in that because how I'm perceiving that is everybody has these grandiose ideas of how they want to change the world. But when there's these simple tasks that need to be done, like the dishes, mm-hmm. um, somebody needs to do them, whether it's not always the kid. You want the kid to step in. But when you're an adult, if you're not living with anybody, or even if you are, the dishes need to get done. It needs to be done. Yes. And then, you know, when, um, when, when I hear from a child that, okay, who's a leader for you? And they'll give an example. My mom is a leader and they'll talk so much about their mom. And when I ask them, um, she does so many things. Do you do something to support her? Oh, not exactly. Okay. How about when she comes back from work and she finds everything organized? Do you think that will make her happy? Yes, it will. That's where leadership comes in, right? Take the ownership. Don't just say that I want to do, just start doing it. And that is a message for everybody of us. Take the ownership of something that that can challenge you and, you know, use your creativity. Everybody has that creativity in them. It's just try and apply that. Mm, try and apply. And also, like you just said, don't just say, I want to do it. Like freaking take action. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. Yeah. And, it. Re- and realize like you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And this whole, like you mentioned in the beginning, this whole idea of perfectionism and, you know, we know mm-hmm. this, everybody who's listening, like, mm-hmm you know that when we get stuck in this mentality that um, often you will not, either it will take you a longer period of time because you do everything as many times, like 10 times over to make sure that it's right, Mm -hmm. or you stop in the process because it's not perfect enough. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing worse than, sometimes ideas are gonna go to the wayside because not every idea was meant to be born to its full completion. Mm-hmm. But there are so many ideas that we just get so stuck instead of multiple times that you've mentioned, yeah. you didn't expect for things to turn out the way that they did. Uh-huh. So that's why I think uh, I was reading it somewhere. It's not about the million dollar idea. It's about the million dollar execution of that idea, which matters. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
My gosh. Okay. So let's go into, you've mentioned some things on your, um, about creativity in your own life, but, uh, let's see if we can dive a little deeper on how you actually incorporate more creativity into your own life. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so I think I'm a great storyteller. Let me share this uh, simple story from last week. Uh, I was reached out by University of North Texas. They, uh, at this time in the August, they start a new semester and they have so many international students. So what they do is during this time before Thanksgiving, they do a small cultural uh, night and event kind of thing where everybody showcases their own culture and so that it can connect, it can, it can make them feel at home, right? Because there are students from different countries. You get from China, you get from Asia, you get from Europe. There are so many kids. So how to adapt yourself not being an alien? So they do this great event, which I love. And they asked me that sometimes we have felt that everybody just dances, sings, plays an instrument. Uh, can you do something creative with them? Um, and I guess they reached out to me because they knew I used to do, I have been doing fashion shows. I said, okay, we can do a fashion show, but fashion show is normally perceived as showcasing designer clothes and jewelry. Now, within one week of time, I cannot arrange that. Let's build a story around the fashion show. So what I did, I got all these kids, tried to understand what are their skills, what they're passionate about. And I made them walk on a great music in which they were showcasing either their skill, their dress, or the way, uh, a kind of a story on the stage, right? Without saying anything, but they were showing a story. And the, the surprising element was after the show was over, the next day I got a call from the president of that association saying that these kids have become so confident just by walking on the stage. They feel that from last three months, we were afraid to talk to somebody. But today we feel that we are on the top of the world. <gasps> I love it. Oh, my God. That just gave me chills. So that just one minute of a stage appearance which we practice for almost every day for a week, became a game changer for them. So that is how I apply creativity in my own arena, right? By doing different things, by always thinking out of the box, not just thinking that this is what I do and this is how society takes it and this is how it should be done. No, you can always try different things. So every time I do a fashion show, it comes with a completely new flavor, that's why everybody wants to, you know, join that and see what's new in this. That's mm. how I practice creativity in my everyday life. Oh, my gosh. But just that one little aspect, I mean, here you just work with the kids for a week. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was, a, a that, was, that was just one week and like, what, two hours a day? No, we were doing four hours a day. Four hours a, but four hours a day. So you, you figure, you know... Uh, 28 hours or whatever out of like a lifetime like it, that's the these it's taking the time uh -huh. it's doing the dishes <laughs> in order to reach this because that will change their lives forever uh-huh it is it is so again we we uh, should keep doing that those steps without expecting what is it because i didn't expect actually that this much is going to happen i thought okay let's do it and um, we'll be able to showcase a good show. That's what I was expecting. But I didn't realize that this is actually 
going to help them to be more confident. I never thought in that perspective, but it came out surprisingly. So tell us some other things that you enjoy doing, even if it's silly stuff like, um, oh, yes. I don't know. Silly mm-hmm. stuff is, um, I love doing a lot of photo shoots. So what I'll do is whenever I'm stressed out because of my classes and too much, because nowadays everything is on online, right? And I don't love to talk to screen. So what I do is whenever I feel the weather is good and I should dress up, so I'll go and check my closet, try out something new, experimental ideas with my clothes, clubbing them up, wearing them in a different way. Um, And then I, uh, luckily my son is a photographer. So I'll check with his schedule that, are you available uh, this day or this time? Yes, mom. Okay, let's go to a nearby park or let's go to a nearby creek way or a trail and let's do some pictures. So he'll take some of my pictures. I'll create some reels on Instagram, post them. So that is what I enjoy doing. And my, my husband keeps saying, why do you do this? Do you have time for all this? I said, I feel when I'm stressed, I think this is my stress reliever. That is one thing I do. Wow. But just to kind of like backtrack a little bit to what you said in the beginning, mm-hmm. like it didn't sound like you were the most comfortable in front of a camera. Is that mm-hmm. is that true? No, I was uh, in front of camera. I was comfortable when it comes to speaking. That I was since childhood. I was always in my school, all the activities. I was always on the stage, but I was not confident about showcase i was a tomboy i mean i used to dress up like boys uh, my all friends were boys i hated kind of being a girl mm-hmm. uh, but that modeling concept that brought that little bit of grace in me of being a girl and having long hair and beautiful nails all that came um, later on right but in front of camera i think i was always confident when it comes to speaking yeah mm-hmm. showcasing myself was a little challenging because i said I felt I was not beautiful, but now I feel I'm the most beautiful person on this earth. Which is, um, oh my God. I mean, we all thought that way and not coming from a space of conceited of Mm -hmm. I'm the most beautiful and you're the ugliest and (laughs) I'm better than you. It's not Mm -hmm. coming from that space. It's coming from a space of actually truly loving yourself and how you actually said that now it's a stress reliever. You call up your son, you're lucky enough to have a (laughs) photographer's son and be like, let's go out one. We get to actually spend time together and connect. Uh But here we can, this is a way that we can, it, it, it's different. It's showing off. Like you also said, mm-hmm. you're, you're picking out outfits and yeah. you're figuring out how you want to wear your hair. Like all of this mm-hmm. aspect and thinking mm-hmm. um, is just, it's bringing, bringing it to life. It's just, it's wonderful. And then um, I think the other day I, Chev, I was looking at one of your posts. I think you are also fond of taking pictures. Am I right? I have never liked pictures. Oh, is it? Pictures, I posted those pictures because it makes me so uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I posted those because that was actually the day of the launch of my first multi-author book, Creativity is Whatever You Want It to Be. And um, there was a break in between um, Mm -hmm. lives and all this kind of stuff. And I said to my Mm -hmm. husband, I want to get some pictures. And I don't know how to, my daughter, <laughs> this is, when she takes pictures of me, she, she yells, she's like, 
don't do this, do that. I'm like, stop yelling at me. This makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my face to look natural. She's like, just be calm. I'm like, what does that mean? So I'm like, I'm getting your father. Yes. <laughs> so, Let's do a session together. I will have you in one of my photo shoots where we pose together and I'll make it so easy for you. And then you'll start enjoying that's the it's like when I had I would love that first of all um when my husband was taking pictures of course I felt more comfortable with him because he wasn't yelling at me and he was just kind of like no, I'm I like I, I, said to, I said to her I'm like you're so mean she's like I'm not trying to be mean <laughs> but again that's meeting somebody where they're at um <laughs> she had good intentions um but yeah, so I love that. So a photo shoot stress reliever. What else? What other things that are, do you listen? Is there music? Is there food? Is there hanging out with people? Anything else you can think of? Riding bikes or I don't know. There's one more thing that I love is I uh, love to get that me time sometimes because, uh, you know, we are, because of this COVID, everybody's at home. Uh, we are always surrounded. I mean, I do love my family. I'm surrounded with my husband, my kids. And then we have a lot of great network social groups. So every Friday, Saturday, we have people either coming or we going there. So there's another thing which I love is to get that me time. So what I nowadays do is, again, when the weather, because I'm in Texas and Texas is very unpredictable. But when I see a beautiful weather outside, uh, I have a nearby lake. So I'll just pack a small bag. I'll keep a book for reading. I'll keep my uh, music or something like that, uh, maybe on phone or some device. Um, and I keep some fruits with me and I'll grab a mug of coffee. Uh, I just go there. Sometimes I lie down. I look at the water. I talk to myself. Um, I listen to music, I read book, I sometimes start writing. I spent two hours there and I feel I'm a whole new person. I feel so refreshed, not talking to anybody, not doing anything. Sometimes just sitting, looking here and there, looking at the grass, looking at the water, looking at the sky, just lying down. So I love doing that as well. That is the second thing that is a stress reliever for me. Uh, and the third is dancing. I mean, I'm not into dancing, but I love to do a free dance where I'll just start the music and I'll keep start dancing mm -hmm. as if nobody is watching me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th this is what, what a great thing, everybody. Pack a small bag mm -hmm. and have your little snack, have your drink, lying down, talking to yourself and just having that time, creating those boundaries, which is where people will say, I can hear people saying already in my head, <laughs> but need to Hollis, I don't have time. I'm busy. What do you expect? Like I'm working. I have the kids. I have, you know, the animals I have. It's too late. It's too early. It's too like a million different excuses. And what is your response? I know what I could respond, but when somebody, what's your response to all that? I mean, uh, first of all, uh, whenever somebody says, hey, I mean, the first thing they say is, hey, I'm no, I know you must be busy, but can I just wanted to talk to you? I said, first of all, I'm never busy. I'm just productive all the time because we, we keep, you know, this word busy comes with so much of negative impression that 
we are just busy, but we are not accomplished, right? Instead, if I tell myself that I was productive today, I accomplished so many things, I think it changes the whole meaning that we are on a growth path, right? When, in fact, today only I posted a status when yesterday somebody said, hey, I think you have changed, right? Earlier you had a lot of time to talk to me. Now you don't have time. I said, because I'm growing, right? Earlier I might have just 10 people in my network uh, and they might be just friends, but now I have a student base of 500 and that's my responsibility. I have a team of five people who's my responsibility. I have kids. I have a husband who's at home all the time online. That's my responsibility. So I have not changed. But if I have changed, that means I'm growing, right? I've changed for the better. So we have to be productive, not busy. Gosh, yes. Productive, not busy. It does. It has a totally different vibration to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same words, but it changes the whole meaning. So before we move on to the third question, because I can't believe we're getting close to the top of the hour. It just totally flies. Um, The books that you wrote, I love the name of, um, one is called A Different Monday, and the other one is I Am Unstoppable. Yes. So tell us about A Different Monday. I love that title. So um, I think by this time, if the listeners and I'm sure if they are, if they tune in from the starting, they've got to know that I love to challenge myself. And I always love to learn, research, and then how do I practice this by teaching? Uh, That makes me more better in whatever I do. So when I was working, I was a person who always used to hate Mondays. Most of us too, right? Now, I'm not in that us anymore. I love Mondays now. But again, it was a few years ago, I would say eight years ago. I never loved to go to office or work or anything on Mondays. I felt, why Mondays there? I loved my weekend. And I thought there has to be a solution to this. Every problem has a solution. Let's find a solution. And I started reading articles, listening to talks and podcasts and Whatever way, how can I make my Monday productive? And then I made my own notes. And I realized, wow, if I apply this, I think um, I can change my perception towards Monday blues. I applied few principles in my life. Um, I mean, it took me two years, but they worked so amazingly well for me that I no more hated Mondays. I loved waking up on a Monday with an excitement And then I said, now it's time to share it with the world uh, and let's see how the world takes it. And I started uh, talking to people about it. They found that, yeah, it sounds good. And then I thought, let's write a book on it. So I wrote a book and it was perceived again well. I made some videos on it. So many people supported me. And the, you know, most excitement thing which happened this summer Uh, So I have a club of students as well. It's by the name, the Success Store Legends Club. They work on a passion project every quarter. So in the summers, they decided that they are going to make a short film from that book. So this book has got 26 small stories followed by a life lesson. So they picked four stories. They did recordings in their home through their phone or iPads few of the kids who were good in editing, they did the editing and everything. It became a 13 minute of a short movie, uh, which they released on 21st of October. So that's how the first book went by. (laughs) Wow. 
so powerful and it really became so here tell us can you tell us like one or two things that you suggested in this book to make mondays um not sad mondays mm -hmm. uh, what did you say come again can you um tell us like one or two things that mm -hmm. you said okay. that you suggested to make mondays okay happy okay. mondays exactly so first of all uh, it's all about the mindset that i think right uh, when we tell ourselves every morning, Monday, oh no, it's Monday, we have actually created problem because we all have a subconscious mind, which is um, storing all the information that we say. And then it makes it uh, push, it gives a pushback. So first of all, every Monday morning, never say, oh no, it's Monday. Always say, wow, it's Monday. What's the big deal? So that starts from talking to yourself and giving yourself a boost that it doesn't matter. Second thing I always suggest is plan your Monday on a Friday. What we do is Sunday evening, when we are approaching towards our Monday, we start thinking, oh my God, I have so many meetings. Oh my God, I have this. And then Monday morning, we rush up. We don't plan our day. And then it just takes away. It, it, wins, it goes like this that it takes the hold of you. That means day is running you. If you want to run the day, control your day by planning and plan it on a Friday. If you plan it on a Friday uh, and plan it in a way that Monday morning should not be overwhelmed, start easy. The way when we start a marathon or a race or a training, it always starts with a warm-up exercise. So Monday is a warm-up day, make it easy. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, you can dive deep into your overwhelming tasks or too much of work. And then Fridays, again, ease down, refresh yourself on a Sunday, start back on Monday. So that's a cycle that I follow, which which is a part of my book as well. I love it. And you just made me think. So in the art room, um, after teaching for 30 years, uh -huh. what I learned was never start a project on a Monday or a Friday. <laughs> you start it on a Tuesday <laughs> and because Monday was an easier time back into the classroom after the weekend, everybody had to get resettled uh -huh. Friday. Everybody's looking towards the weekend. So it was uh -huh. like choice Friday uh -huh. and Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday were the core learning days. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how it worked. It made me smile. So now I kind of, I'm a supervisor for art education students at Temple University wow. um, part-time. And um, I laugh because some of the people, I have to do observations. So they're like, well, you could observe me the Monday after Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> no, let's give them some ease back time. That will not go well. Um, not that it'll be horrible. It just won't be everybody's prime time. Exactly, exactly. Um, so as we are getting to the top of the hour and I'm about to wind down with the third question, there is a question, um, that was asked, which is, are you American? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm an American now because I live in America. Uh, but uh, to answer it precisely, I belong, I'm from India. That's my home country. But I think I am so thankful to this country where I lived my American dream, you can say. Uh, it doesn't matter whether we are Indian, American, Asian, whosoever we are. First, we are human. We yeah. all are creative. And I think in whatever space we can connect with anybody and learn from each other, um, that's what matters the most to me. Thank you for saying that. And yes, 
connection, connection, connection. We're human. Doesn't matter where we're from. It doesn't matter our skin color. It doesn't matter our religion. It's all of this stuff. We all have blood, bones, brains, (laughs) and we all are we all are born almost in the same way. (laughs) We're all born in the same way, (laughs) and um, there's variations of those ways. (laughs) But there's yeah. So yeah, we're all we are all human. So getting to the third and final question, which kind of wraps everything up in what we've been talking about, but why do you think creativity is important? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think creativity is important for uh, two reasons. The first is the competition. Nowadays, even though we keep telling ourselves, I'm not running, uh, what I love about your keyword is that hamster wheel. I have been listening that in your podcast. That's your favorite word, right? (laughs) I think it is. <laughs> I, I'm going to steal that word for today. So, uh, okay. Hamster wheel, we say that we don't want to run. But in spite of that, there is competition wherever you go, whether you are in school, you're in college, you are having your own business, you're working for somebody, but there is a race that you're running every day. That means there's a competition. Now, to Uh, stand out in that competition, I always suggest creativity is the best way. Uh, Everybody might be doing the same thing in the similar way. If you just try a different way, though it might come with some risks, it might, uh, you have to come out of the comfort zone, but it can give you great, amazing results and you can stand out and showcase your talent, right? Uh, That's one thing. Creativity is important. And second most important thing is, I think we talked in the earlier as well, that our lives are monotonous sometimes, right? Uh, We wake up every single day, we brush our teeth, we take shower, we either do meditation, yoga, whatever, then we cook, then we go to work, take care of our pets, family, watch TV, cook. On weekends, we grocery shopping, shopping here and there. I mean, it's monotonous. So what we do, if we add creativity in everything that we do, it breaks the pattern. And by breaking the pattern, you are excited to do the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think creativity is important for two reasons. Competition and break the pattern so that you don't live a monotonous life. Ah, that is so beautiful. <laughs> So, so, so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I don't even want to add anything to that now. So can you please let people know how they can find you? Okay. So people can find me. My family calls me a social media queen. So they can find me on any uh, digital platform on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, YouTube. And uh, mostly they call me Neetu the Navigator. That's the name given by my kids, Neetu the Navigator. They can find me by that or they can type my full name, Neetu Rishi. And lastly, uh, they can check me on my business website, which is thesuccessdoor.com. Wonderful. So before we say our goodbyes, is there anything that you feel like inside that you're just like, I want to say this one last thing or I need to get this message out? Oh, I want to say you made my day. Uh, today Today I have a photo shoot for which I was little uh, because it was for a designer and I have to wear that heavy dress after this. And now I think by talking to you, you have felt so much of courage and creativity in me right now that I am excited now. I'm not fearing that. Oh, 
I have to wear that heavy dress. Now I feel, wow, I've accomplished for today. I've done something great. Now I'm going to eat a chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. What an amazing compliment. What kind of chocolate do you know? (laughs) I'm going to eat Lindor. Sounds good. (laughs) And this dress, what kind of is it? um, Do you know what the dress is going to look like or you're not sure? It's actually a Indian, uh, we call it as a lehenga. It's a very heavy attire. It's kind of a bridal attire uh, that normally you wear when you get married or you get engaged. So those are the two designer dresses uh, that I'm going to wear today and wear this heavy dress in a trail and get a shoot done. Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope that I can. I would love to see the pictures. And I will send you. I will be posting, but I'll send you especially. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So beautiful. Neetu, thank you so much for taking this hour to chat with us. I mean, you are such a bright light. I just, you're just so bright. Thank you, Hollis, for giving me this platform to show my light. Right. Oh my gosh. So everybody here joining us live and um, listening to the replay, thank you so much. I know taking an hour out of your day is a chunk of time and I'm just very appreciative and grateful. This space is all about inspiring each other, sharing stories and connection. I believe that we have always needed this. I believe that we need it now more than ever. Um, just connecting with each other and learning from each other and hearing people's stories. It just lifts us up and empowers us to see all the possibilities that are out there. So please like, follow, share, spread the goodness so we can get all the word out there. Um, So appreciative for all of it. And if you are feeling like you have a story inside of you and you're like, Hollis, I want to find out more, my company's I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. I have a multi-author book opportunity going on at this time called Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. So please reach out to IamCreativePhilly.com and um, we can chat. So yeah, so wonderful. So go to IamCreativePhilly.com and there is a application And uh, if everything resonates, then would love to be able to hear your story. So on that note, I'm going to put my website in here so you can see it. Um, So on that note, um, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world. And uh, we'll be talking soon. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com, IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com, and check out the experiential kits. Check out Creative Shway which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an expression. And I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.